Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished professional turned entrepreneur, Mr. Pramod Rao. Pramod, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Ashutosh, uh, for the opportunity and great to be on The Brand Called You. Uh, you. I've been following you. And, and great to see where you've got the brand called you today, right? Um, and yeah, looking forward to the next. Thank hour. you so much. Thank you. Pramod is the co-founder and CEO of Thredo, and we'll talk about that. He's also the ex-vice president marketing of Zomato. Pramod enjoys road trips and being a pet parent. So Pramod, today let's start with talking of Thredo. Tell me about this venture. Sure. Um, so Thredo essentially is a marketing platform uh, focused on helping uh, businesses that have a community focus, mm-hmm. right? Um, what we we started about a year back and once the pandemic hit and, and the reason why I started Thredo, uh, right, was essentially looking at what's happening around us given the pandemic uh, um, took place. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the key things that I observed was everything moved online um, and multiple platforms today are enabling people to uh, come together in groups, right? Mm-hmm. So which we call as communities today. Um, so that accelerated by several years. And, and today we see that being a common way for um, people to connect with each other online. Mm-hmm. In fact, Web 3.0 um, that you know a lot of people are talking about these days is completely built on top of communities um, and, and that forms the infrastructure layer for Web 3.0, right? Mm-hmm. So broadly, started seeing this trend happening where communities become, uh, I think, will become mainstay or um, almost the common way for um, businesses to exist or interact mm-hmm. with their customers. Mm-hmm. Um, my own experience with Zomato largely involved building a strong content and community playbook, um, mm-hmm. which forms the foundation of uh, Zomato today. So I've seen the first hand benefits of uh, you know a community first approach to businesses right the network effects are um, really i mean long term the benefits of community are like you know difficult to knock off mm-hmm. um, which is why we started threado uh, with a mission to help more and more organizations take a community approach mm-hmm. um, and we basically help them manage their online community wherever it exists right mm-hmm. and make it super easy for them to get um, Get the best out of the community and provide a great experience to their members. Uh, so that's what Thredo is about. Um, we are an early stage startup. Um, we're a small team of about nine members right now, um, and uh, in the very early days of zero to one journey. Fascinating. So you know, you say that you are building communities. Can you give me an example of uh, some of the communities you've been creating? Yeah, sure. So uh, we we aren't exactly building communities ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. No, we are uh, helping out existing communities, right? You know, manage um, their communities better, right? So um, taking an example, you know, today there are these cohort-based courses like, you know, on deck, uh, right? Or, um, you know, closer to home, there's like Stoa School and a few other platforms that mm-hmm. have come up. So the, most of these have their communities on um, uh, a Discord or Slack, uh, right? Or even take, um, SaaS companies today, uh, you know, who are for individuals, creators, or developers. Uh, mm-hmm. So it could be like Figma, uh, which is for designers, or or it could be like Descript, which is for podcasters. Um, they have a very community-first approach to growth, mm-hmm. right? Um, so um, we are essentially targeting these businesses, right, uh, who 
grow through communities they their main focus is to build a community get get the customers to interact with each other add value to each other and then solve their problems through their product right so um and we, we sort of help them in the sense that you know you can come on to thredo connect your discord or slack or twitter mm-hmm. um and we sort of become the single source of truth of what's happening in the community and and also help you give get insights on um um you know uh, who are the active members who's at risk um and bring in some automation in the workflows right so the marketing teams of these organizations like figma descript they can use thredo to uh, manage their communities online right so that's that's our end goal um so we're working with very early uh, um you know customers right now uh, a handful of them the idea is to sort of build the product right now and onboard more customers uh, uh, along the way yeah so again for uh, a better understanding for myself sure. yeah uh, the brand called you has say communities on multiple social media platforms mm-hmm. so yeah. we could come to you and say help us and understand uh, how our community on each yeah. platform is performing for us is that what exactly yeah on each platform and also collectively like what's what does it mean right like you know how's the engagement levels what insights can you get on the engagement like what are the things being discussed who's very active who's at the risk of losing or like you know churning out um and what actions should you take to drive more engagement right so we sort of you can say that you know thredo is a companion to community builders mm-hmm. uh to help them provide a great experience to the members mm-hmm. very interesting and a, 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 you know a question i think you partly answered it but when i was reading about you you do mention that we are helping shape a future where yeah. businesses grow sustainably by taking a community led approach to growth yeah uh, for my, for my viewers and listeners just help me sure. understand this with an example yeah sure um so the the way i think about this is uh, traditionally the uh, business approach has been um uh, flipped in the sense that you know we have a product and and then let's go and advertise and and get you know customers to use our product right so um which even to recent times has been like you know okay we've got a product let's go on facebook do ads or like go on google invest on like the google adwords um uh, or like create our uh, instagram account and then you know sort of broadcast messages mm-hmm. so it's a very one to many approach um and and a lot of paid advertising uh to get the customers going right yeah. um now and that's great i'm not saying that's uh, um i'm sure like every company should have this uh, as one of the channels to acquire customers uh, right but what happens is what's happening is over over the years these traditional channels let's say the facebook youtube instagram of the world content has become uh, uh, you know infinite there right so um on one hand the real estate uh, that you need to advertise on that's become uh, really competitive so over time it's getting more expensive right and more inefficient uh, because multiple people are competing for the same space mm-hmm. um, and uh, you're trying to let's say even if you have 100000 followers on any platform mm-hmm. not everything that you post reaches everyone so the yeah. algos are designed in a way where uh, you literally have to pay to be on top of the news feed right mm-hmm. second i think the users have also uh, there there is a fatigue in terms of um should i click this ad is this even relevant to me and so on and data privacy sort of being a concern i think on both the user side and the brand side there is uh, a, a need for or a movement we are seeing towards better ways to uh, add value to each other right mm. um which is where like the community approach comes in right mm. um 
the and and uh, I think from traditional forms of marketing, we are seeing more brands take a community approach today, which mm-hmm. essentially identify the people who are relevant for you, get them to connect with each other, add value to each other, and you are enabling these experiences, understand the problems, and then solve it, right? And if you do that really well, it becomes a flywheel over time. So more people come into the community because this community adds value and helps solve the problems, um, which gets more people to come there, right? So, uh, uh, and, and that's how we had the flywheel at Zomato, right? Um, our value prop for users was uh, we help you discover great places to eat. And, you know, that's the uh, foundation of Zomato when, when we started out. Um, so we brought in great content, right? So more users came on our platform because they got to discover great places to eat. They shared their experiences um, and in the form of reviews or ratings mm-hmm. that enriched the content even more, right? Which got more people again on the platform, mm-hmm. right? Which got more content that got us more content as well. So mm-hmm. it was a content and community flywheel that took off. Mm-hmm. And the benefits of this is we're not spending any money uh, to build this, right? It, it takes a lot of effort to identify the right set of people, get them on board, uh, get them engaged on the community. Um, but uh, over time, it's an organic flywheel, right? Um, and that network effect is very difficult to replicate, right? right? So you can copy products, but it's very difficult to copy this community network effect, mm-hmm. right? And and that's when I, what I mentioned sustainable growth that, that's what it looks like right it takes a lot of effort and time but um, in the long run the benefits are organic growth flywheel uh, lower cac uh, more stickiness uh, higher ltv of customers right and and that's that's a future i'd love to like help create mm. right you know if businesses can because the easy answer is you know raise money and throw it on like facebook or google correct um, but I think like uh, both the brands and the users will appreciate a more like you know closer relationship with each other. So that's 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 what we're trying to help. Fabulous. And one more question relating to Thredo before I move to some questions for you on startups. Sure. What have been some of your challenges? I know you said that you're only a one-year-old uh, startup, <laughs> but what have been some of your challenges as you've built Thredo? Yeah, um, I think three key challenges. One is. Uh, landing on what exactly are we building right like what what do people want is, is a journey in itself mm-hmm. so i think that that's been a discovery journey for us we've changed our product over the last one year um maybe we could have done it earlier um i, I don't know but i i i don't think i would have changed things mm-hmm. going going back but um that is a challenge and also a journey that I'm happy we took, like, you know, to discover, okay, we built something, we, you know, we felt it added value, then we discovered, okay, maybe not. And then we changed direction, mm-hmm. what we're building today. Um, and even now we're sort of discovering, okay, off what, out of what we're building, like what's really valuable, like what's higher importance and lower importance and so on. So that's very key uh, part of a startup to identify whatever you're building, is it adding value to the end customer? Mm-hmm. Second, uh, I think it's at any stage is hiring. <laughs> so uh, uh, we, uh, yeah, most of my time goes into figuring out how do we build this A team, uh, you know, sort of the foundations of uh, Threado, um, because like you know, essentially get people on board uh, who can help shape Threado for the long run. Mm. Um, and, and it's always a challenge to get the right set. It, it's always about you know getting the right person on board and spending time on that or like you know get get someone in right away right so right. trying to balance that uh, yeah. 
essentially and yeah third um, as anything is how do we uh, be faster and uh, at the same time do quality work uh, yeah well i think uh, you, early on it's about how optimizing for getting a, a number of shots at our goal right so for that we need to be fast we need to do high quality execution um and and that's try always a challenging part you know how do we really increase speed and efficiency to allow us multiple shots at the target right so uh, these are three broad areas yeah. fascinating you know what you're saying takes me back to my guardian days as well as to my brand call you days as a startup entrepreneur but i'm now going to ask you a few questions about yeah. startups because yeah you know you've done startups uh so let me first ask you a question on zomato mm-hmm. you know you spent eight and a half years with zomato and you were employee number 13 yeah. which was right up in the beginning yeah what was some of your learnings as zomato scaled up into such a major organization yeah uh, it's a lot to unpack there for sure right um, so to give you some context uh, uh, i joined when we were foodiebay.com uh, right and uh, this was back in 2010 mm-hmm. um and, and we were 10 people in delhi uh, and i think we had uh, two in mumbai and one in bangalore essentially mm-hmm. at that point um and we were in five cities in india right so when i joined uh, it was uh, i had worked with the founders before in my previous company so it was a leap of faith um um i think one of the key learnings at right at the beginning like and is uh, for anyone and I, and i do this like even when i'm interviewing interviewing people to help them decide should they join and how should they join a startup right so i think the call is like um basically do you trust the founders right and and do you trust the what they're building and, and the broader market right mm. so i think that's been one of the learnings i took a leap of faith early on and and for me it was like what's the worst outcome that will come i learned some great things over a couple of years and then um move on to do something else if nothing works out right um so taking a leap of faith is uh, important but you know have at least one of these things like you know know the founders well or bet on the founders or the market uh, and then take that call mm. right um second learning um i think is there's no way to predict the future right mm. so when i joined uh, we never knew and i think nobody in zomato knew that you know we'll be mm. what we are today mm. uh, but always believe that you can shape the future right mm. so um, which and you can shape the future by engineering serendipity right you know um, what i talked about allowing yourself to have multiple shots at the target right and uh, the more you you do it um, you know you're you're basically shaping the future right mm-hmm. um, and for us uh, at zomato right from the get go mm-hmm. I, i was always amazed that the ambition that we had right uh, at every point in time so mm-hmm. we were in five cities uh, when i joined the aim was to become the number one food and restaurant guide in india right mm-hmm. so uh, that was the first step and then when we reached there the the next thing was okay let's go and you know we had this crazy ambition of like let, let's go and like you know crack london right mm-hmm. um, and this was in november i think and and you know um to november 2011 mm-hmm. we were like why don't we launch london in by december 25th mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we were like okay let's do it right uh, so i think for me that that like was the energy mm-hmm. at at zomato it's like think of a crazy like goal post and then curling the attitude after mm-hmm. that right um, let's do and see what happens wonderful um so that build the culture i think uh, at at zomato so having great people to work at like and you know i think a combination of ambition 
um, the do it attitude uh, uh, builds great culture. And at least for me, that that's what worked. And and yeah, lastly, I, I guess um, learning was uh, there'll always be ups and downs, um, right? Uh, I, I think I have learned a lot to zoom out over the years uh, versus being uh, overly within the box or worrying about uh, what is happening in the moment. Mm. Um, because in, in the end, the broader, as long as you have a view of how it is shaping up uh, uh, overall and you're certain, okay, how this might lead to the next mm. six months, uh, it pans out. You have a way to come out of it, right? Uh, the, so those would be some of the... Fascinating, learning. fascinating. And, you know, you have been a startup entrepreneur. I'm sure you, you have invested in startups as well. My next question to you is that what are some of the basic mistakes a lot of startup entrepreneurs make? Yeah, so I think uh, one of the mistakes is, and maybe we, uh, so we've also gone through that, is mm-hmm. first is um, writing lines of code before, uh, first versus like, you know, uh, having clarity on what you should, what you really want to do, right, or build. Um, so a lot of us uh, probably get in too early to the build phase, mm. uh, which is not uh, not a great approach. I think like, you know, there, there's a lot more, build is probably the last 10%, like 90% mm. of like the work is like figuring out where the market is, where what's your wedge into it and and sort of then like writing lines of code after validating a few things, right? Right. That That's one of the biggest, uh, because it, you spend, once you start building, you just spend too much time on that box, right? Mm. So um that's one of the biggest mistakes that people do um and we also did that with our first product that we had um and uh versus the second product we, we took a different approach we, we sort of got feedback first and then then started coding it okay. um the the second is i think on hiring right so um there are two schools of thought one is like you hire a team to uh, execute mm-hmm. um and um get started right which is good but i think like um, and we've gone through the phase also like right now. Hmm. So the second is uh, um, on, on the team, right? So um, I think my, my thoughts have changed over time. Uh, like, you know, maybe 10 years back, the idea would be get, get like a good execution team and get started. Hmm. I think now we want people with experience uh, to form, right? at least that's a focus, get a founding team with experience on board, hmm. like, you know, at least four to six years of experience uh, who can build their teams out in the future, right? Hmm. So Today, what they're doing is probably individual contributor role or like, you know, getting a sense of the product, but that that very soon, like, you know, they'll be in a position when we want to scale to mm. build their teams out. So essentially you're getting mini entrepreneurs, right? Uh, to sort of take the mantle and, and, right. and shape Threado, right? Mm. Um, versus maybe 10 years back, I'd be like, you know, let's hire freshers and, and get started. Um, but what happens there is a lot of the decision making will you like the the entrepreneur becomes a bottleneck. Mm. Right? Um, uh, and right now, I think the uh, way to think about it is how do you de-bottleneck mm. yourself? Like mm. how do you sort of uh, get people and remove yourself from being a bottleneck? Right. Well said. Well said. So my next question to you, promote is uh, this million dollar question of scaling up. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to be pan-India. Everyone wants to be global. Yeah. But my question to you is, at what stage should a startup start to scale up? Yeah. Um, very good question. I, I think 
So I, I can only talk about how we thought about this at uh, Zomato, sure. right? Uh, and very early days, for example, like I said, when I joined, we were in five cities, mm-hmm. um, and the idea was, and even from the five cities, we were doing really well in in Delhi, and maybe uh, the other cities were still like nascent, right? Um, uh, but only once, let's say, two or three cities started performing, uh, some like you know have like a north star metric in mind, and then we start seeing the same performance in other cities. Mm-hmm. When we felt okay, we can replicate this in more markets, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we spent a good uh, year and a year after I joined um, to just like move from let's say five to ten cities and get like the um, and, and I think back then we had another competitor so. Um, I think we got the confidence once we overtook them in traffic and then people loved us more and we started seeing, you could say, product market fit in India. Mm-hmm. Uh, and only then did we think of, okay, like maybe we have found a, a replicable model. So now we can take it to other markets, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, expand there. We also had two or three ways of scaling, right? One is geographically, one is adjacent. So we, we launched Zomato events uh, back then and then we shut mm-hmm. it down after a year. Right. So I think thinking about uh, adjacencies and also geographical uh, presence, hmm. I think at the point when you want to scale is when you're, when you've reached um, a, a place where uh, the organic flywheel is kicking off. Hmm. Right. And, and then you can replicate or you know that you have a playbook to replicate it in other markets. Right? Hmm. Um, until then, I think you still need to focus on select uh, markets or customers. And, and go Wonderful. Through. So, Pramod, I have time for two more questions. Sure. Yeah, yeah. My next question to you is on, on funding. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is often a debate, should I bootstrap my startup as long as I can or should I grab the money as an, as soon, whenever I get it? Mm-hmm. I'd yeah. love to get your perspective. Yeah, so I actually think uh, um, you should only raise when you need to, right? Uh, and... Um, so my, my, my belief is one is, yeah, there should be a need for uh, a raise, like, you know, for your business. I think the each one's context, context yeah. is totally different, sure, sure. right? So if you can bootstrap it to a point where you know what you're building, you're sure of, because there are a lot of unknowns when you start out, right? Now for someone, like I met a founder yesterday um, and who said that, you know, they would not exist if they're not raised right from the get-go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because he didn't have financial backing and, and you know, uh, couldn't have uh, lasted beyond a certain time, mm. right? So it worked for his context that he raised right from the start and, mm. uh, um, you know, helped him build what it, what is built today. Um, but the context could be completely different. Like, uh, um, if you have the ability to bootstrap it, to figure out to the point where you're sure of, maybe not sure, but you know the direction, right, mm. that you want to take, mm. Uh, and then you need capital or don't need capital, like you can take a call at a point, right? Mm. But always like, like depending on at the stage you are, the, if you need capital, then you raise. Uh, if you don't need capital, I think you don't need to raise, uh, right? And most often money comes to you like when you don't need it. Right. <laughs> That's, uh, Correct. It is. But uh-huh. you take a call if it makes sense for it. Well said, well said. And my last question to you, and again, this is, I've been asked this many, many times. Uh, is it good to have a co-founder or should you go solo? And I know that there are answers forever. I'd love to get your perspective. Yeah, uh, yeah so full dis- yeah, I do have a co-founder and CTO. I mm-hmm. um, 
whether it is necessary or not to be honest like before thredo i had explored seven other startup ideas mm. the reason they did not take off were one of the key things was i was waiting for a technical co-founder right um so when i started thredo uh, i had actually learned to code and built out the first version of it uh, for a few months and uh, but it reached a point where my capabilities just capped out and and i started to look out for uh, building on the engineering team right mm. so my journey has been a bit of both like to start i don't think you you should wait for a technical co-founder i think a lot of people tell you that in fact like uh, a lot of the folks i met they 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 were saying you know uh, you don't have a co-founder like it just complement like you know you're coming from business background and all of that mm-hmm. but those are myths i think you can get started um, and if you're building something that resonates with people and mm-hmm. they want to come on board i think having two uh, people or three people co-founding team is always good mm-hmm. um, i have benefited a lot because abhishek uh, came on board as co-founder you know right from thinking on the product how we're shaping threado um, um you know I, i don't think i could have done that as a solo founder mm. um but yeah there is no right or wrong answer i, I think like you know it, it, for me it was serendipity i just found abhishek and then we we sort of you know were able to um, um build threado together over the last few months um But yeah, I don't know how the world would have been if I was a solo founder. Wonderful, Pramod. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Thank Thanks you for talking to me about so much about Thredo and about communities and how well you are building all these. And thank you for sharing your thoughts for startups. Thank Thanks. you again. Thanks, Pramod. Yeah, uh, no, it was great uh, chatting with you and um, uh, wishing you all the best as you uh, get to thousand interviews. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.